full-service radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full-service radio. I mean, it's two black boys on the podcast. What you expect us to talk about today? Damn. Huh? How ironic is that? That we're a man down. And we're a man down. He said it had nothing to do with Kobe, though. I don't yeah. believe him. It's okay. It's okay, Tom. It's okay, man. I, too, grieve. Right. I choose to grieve. Uh, of course, we have to open up the, the podcast today on a very sad note. Uh, as you are already aware, uh, Kobe Bryant and his daughter have passed away in a tragic helicopter Accident, along with seven other people, affecting I think four or five families in total. Mm-hmm. Um, just a very, whew, it was a very heavy, Super heavy situation. Um, and I just want—we're going to take a, some time to, of course, you know, get to the podcast, but uh, address Kobe Bryant and, and his legacy and and uh, and all that pertains even to the the creative industry, uh, his his role as an inspiration, as a mentor, as a as a superhero, as a Superman. Pretty much, yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, uh, rest in peace to Gigi and Kobe. This is that's this crazy, bro. Yeah, I yeah. That's crazy. You know what I was thinking about? This is gonna fuck you up. I'm I already fucked up. I'm right here. Can you name another NBA legend that's dead? <laughs> like uh, one of the greatest? Can you name one that's dead? Well, that's it. <laughs> That's really it. Yeah, Bill. Is, the, Bill is still alive. Bill Russell is still Kareem, every Kareem year. Is still alive. Them niggas are still alive, bro. Jerry West is still alive. Still alive. I don't know about Bob Cousy. I'm, I mean, Oscar. Oscar's still alive. Oscar Robinson. Yes. Man, you know what? Michael Jordan's still, Michael alive. Jordan is still Charles alive. Charles Barkley's still alive. Shaq alive. Metal World Peace is alive somehow. Paul Malone. John. Yo. Well, I mean, we can go. We can. L- uh, Lamar Odom is alive. Well, here's the thing, though. But yeah, like that's crazy. Yo, that's crazy. <laughs> it's it's, it's just crazy to think it's about. Twenty years, like this man. First off, like twenty years of one organization. Yeah, there was speculation after Shaq that he would move to a number of different teams, but he stayed put. Didn't. He stayed right. down with one organization for twenty years. Like a lot of us would, as millennials, we can't even fathom doing something like that. Like man, just dedication and commitment to, to you know, like. Wearing something as like a badge of honor, True. like representing something. That's that true. alone is crazy. You talk about of those twenty seasons, five rings. Oof. That's not even counting, you know, deep playoff runs, That's regular right. seasons, right. championships that he lost That's too, right. I believe. So you mean to tell me twenty five percent of the time that this man was in the league? Yeah. He played in a championship and won. That's right. Yeah. Um, and that's goes without saying, like, top five on the all-time scoring list past Jordan before he passed. And, mm-hmm. ironically, LeBron, uh, you know, succeeded him. Yeah. Night before. Night that's, before. We can talk about that later on. That's crazy. Um, that's crazy. You can talk about the 60-point game that they re-aired, which was his final game. Young. And I remember where I was when that actually happened. Like, as a, as a Kobe's my favorite player, period. Right. Pa- right. Favorite athlete, period. Yeah. Favorite athlete entrepreneur. I would yeah. put that up there, too. Yeah. But yeah, like that sixty point game, man. Like the last game, bro. Uh, 
to me that in, to me that like it, that like encapsulated is that a word encapsulated encapsulated a uh the full mama mentality man like at all times with every resource that you have give it your all right like pass the ball okay or not like right. I mean, we are we are going to <laughs> greatness not. nigga get in the car or not like it is what it is and to me just as a when i was a boy and then like kobe you yeah. know what i'm saying he always beat my favorite teams he always seemed like the bad guy seemed real arrogant but when I became a man, I put away those boyish things. Yeah. You feel me? <laughs> and I respect. By the time Kobe retired, I had so much respect for Kobe Bryant that it was. It, I teared up in those last few minutes of that sixty points because you could see it in him. Yeah. It's the same face that he made when he tore his Achilles and he still had to shoot them free throws. Right. It's the same faces he was making when his team was trash, but he was still putting up thirty-four or forty points a night. So much Parker you know days. I mean? Right. Oh my God, Kwame Brown oh. days. It was, Wasn't Fran targeting the coach? Well, like whoever. The, uh, yeah. It's the Kwame same. Brown. It's that same. That that sixty points was the. It's the same Mamba mentality that just pushed him through. You, you could just tell his body was just it. His legs weighed three hundred pounds. But still, this nigga pushed himself up the court to put up fifty shots and score sixty points in the last yeah. night to leave the whole crowd bewildered. People, people, we always hear about like the um, started from the bottom stories when mm-hmm. it comes to kind of black mm-hmm. legends or you know they came from humble beginnings you right know what i mean but what i also appreciate and thought was dope about kobe was that wasn't necessarily the case for him mm-hmm. like he his father you know joe Jellybean bryant That's you right know, played in the league mm-hmm. played overseas kobe was actually born in Italy and That's raised right. the majority of his life between philly and you know a little bit of well majority of his life in italy and a little bit of philly yeah, as i well. didn't know he was like 16 when he came over right you know um so he was a that kid. Italian. Yeah, so but you, most of the time like somebody who's made it far, <clears throat> mm-hmm. usually the the next generation is yeah. really a toss up on right. whether they're going to turn out and how they got to wherever they got. Yeah, right? second generation stars are hard. Right. You know, yeah. so even if they get to the same level as their parents like, you know, you can call nepotism into play and so mm-hmm. many other things like whether that's valid or not. But with Kobe, you can't tell me that everything that he uh received in, in, in his basketball career and in his professional career was not earned. Right. This man put diligent hours in the gym. Yeah. You, I mean, I mean, we're pretty much repeating the same things that you've been seeing on the timeline and on TV mm-hmm. day in and day out for the past 72 hours. Like, but I'm glad that this is really coming to light instead of just like a basketball Twitter thread conversation. It's not just basketball. It's so pervasive, right. like, like work ethic, like, and what that really means. Mm-hmm. Like, he not only did he put his, you know, the required hours in and show up on time and all that. He arrived early, and he left later than everybody else. Yeah. He was disciplined in his eating habits and his sleeping habits, and mm-hmm. designate. You find out later, designating time for his family. That's right, and was very intentional about very it. Very intentional, yeah. To the point of his demise. Yeah, it's deep. It's real deep, man. It's real deep. Yeah, the work nobody talks about work ethic more like nobody reveres work ethic more than people do when it came to Kobe Bryant. Right. Um, and yeah, like you said, people have been, you're going to keep seeing the same thing. I hope this conversation lives on forever, you know, just as long as possible. But one of these things when, when stars dies, when stars die, 
one of my favorite things to do is to watch black people grieve because this is some of my favorite shit to watch. I'm not. It's getting man. a little competitive. I had to drop my little post and uh, yeah. get on out of there. You of know co- I mean, like, of course, of course, people are scheduling. Uh, people are scheduling the the releases of their statements uh, per se. People are being extra with the uh, let's donate to the foundation. Let's make Kobe the logo. Right. Let's rename. The NBA to the Kobe BA, you know what I mean? I, I, I kind of fuck with the logo joint. You know I fuck saying? with the logo because I, I asked I asked you name a star that died and you can't. That's why they should change the logo. Yeah, they got it. It's very simple. I mean, Jerry West. I mean, he, he had, had a good a, run. He had a great run. Great run, run as an executive. Yeah. But on like, in a on, league man. where at night is like come it's on, like fifty percent niggas and it's like forty percent <laughs> European niggas. I thought you were gonna say it's fifty percent niggas, forty percent black folks, and ten percent everybody else. <laughs> no, ain't no white dudes really in the league except you know picking pop. You know what I mean? Like yeah. nah, I know. Uh, and shout out to the to the white folks out there. But yo, shout out to my white players. Yeah, we need another great one. But my favorite reaction in the black community to grief. Are the conspiracy theories? Oh, Have you seen? Have I you didn't. Seen? Even, as soon as I opened up that video, <laughs> I turned that shit the fuck off. <laughs> Did you see that? Hey, hey Alexia, Yo, can you, uh, if you can, if you can, can you pull find, up Dr. Umar Johnson? I didn't even hear what he said, bro. Like, if you can find Dr. Umar Johnson's comment, uh, comments for <laughs> the reasoning behind Kobe Bryant's death, I'm going to tell you, man. I'm gonna tell you, in a very sad time, I needed that. I needed that 60 seconds when I saw that. Yeah. This, if you can't find it, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm just gonna shorten it up for you. This nigga, Doctor Umar said, maybe we should make that a segment in the show. This, this nigga, nigga said. <laughs> this. Oh, here we go. Pilot. That was an expert. An expert pilot. Kobe was sabotaged. <laughs> not to mention. Not to mention. I think he's looking at his phone right now. Yeah, because <laughs> niggas can't focus. Come on, Doctor. Oh, he on the live. Yeah, he on the live. Was engaged in a legal battle with Here a big pharmaceutical company over the use of the name Black Mamba. Kobe Bryant was engaged in a legal battle with a very <laughs> powerful pharmaceutical <laughs> company over the use of the name Black Mamba. Kobe Bryant was engaged in a legal battle with a pharmaceutical <laughs> company over the use of the name. It took so Black much time to get Mamba. to his phone. He had to repeat that. Yeah, shit. Repeat it. But he couldn't give us the name of the pharmaceutical company. You understand me? No, I don't. You can cut that off. Radar can see through the fog. (laughs) Wait. Nah, this nigga this nigga went full Terrence Howard on And it wasn't a win. The propeller was sabotaged. (laughs) You never go full Terrence Howard. You never go full Terrence Howard. See, that's what's wrong with Dr. Umar Johnson. God, I love it. I love air quotes. Dr. Umar Johnson is one of my favorite people, man. Um, yeah, so you, you'd love to see it. And then, of course, we got to talk about it. Hey, shout out to home. Shout out to Gigi, though. Gigi Bryant. Gianna oh, yeah. Bryant. Like, I don't want to skip over this. That's like, true. Go ahead. Like, it's been a minute since I hit the court. Right. Stay in shape. Okay. My lateral movement needs work. Okay. So until then, I'm not going to step back on the court. But anyway. I'm an avid fan of basketball on every level, right? So right, right. I watch the high school games. I watch the high school recap. I don't watch the full games live, but I'll go, you know what I'm saying? My ball is life, you know, hoop highlights, yeah, yeah. you know, house of highlights. Bro, the, the Gianna mixtapes, and I've been watching those for the past, like, maybe four months. Bro, she was beyond nice. Really? Like, you know how they say, like, the WNBA is always, like, perfect because they know fundamentals? Yeah. Imagine, like, sticking to the fundamentals, but Kobe is... 
is guiding you through that. I'm process, not gonna lie, man. Bro. I had a I had a dream. I had like a I, I had a couple Southeast breakfasts, and I was hoping, Thanks, so like, hoping, um, just think, especially when the meme was going out with them, you know, Kobe coaching up Gigi on the sideline and shit, yeah. and people was quoting that shit. I was hoping, like, man, I'd I'd love to see that at the WNBA. Maybe that'll be the the rise. Maybe that'll be their first right. mega mega star, second right. star, second generation star. Powerful. The Randy I was, Orton of the WNBA. No, I, I had timed it out. I think it was like, uh, well, she she was thirteen. She's thirteen, yeah. But you know, her Bronny, fourteen. The D Wade sons, I hear like so many. It could have. It'll still be great. But it, I mean, I was I was looking forward to seeing Gigi the yeah. most just because I was such a huge Mamba fan, man. Yeah. So, but you know, speak fatherhood, bro. I know you wanted to dive into some stuff too, but like, nah, man, keep going, bro. You know, we're just gonna talk about bro. it. Like, I can man. You know what it really made me think about? So I watched Shaq's video, which of course took me over the edge because yeah. you know, seeing big playful ass Kazam ass Shaq crying, it's right. just like, God damn it, Shaq. Yeah. But the thing that kind of like kind of shook me a little bit is this nigga said he hadn't talked to to Kobe since the, his last since game. the sixty point game. Yeah, and I was like, oh, and it, it what actually scared me was there are creatives that I have made. Fantastic things with things yeah. that I will be forever proud of, and I haven't talked to those. I haven't talked to those people since the end of that project. Yeah. And even in some cases, I have beef with those people. We yeah. created dynamic things, and in some situations, like we don't even care for each other anymore. Right. Yeah, and then to see him. this situation same happen, and to see Shaq and now he's responding, it's just like, Bebo, you might need to tighten up, player. Yeah, you might I mean, need to really make some phone calls. Makes you reevaluate, you know, your stance on a lot of stuff. Like clear out the cash, man. Not everything yeah. needs to be in memory. Some things is waste. It's taking up space. You know? Clear out the cash. See, this nigga mad as a genius. This nigga mad as a genius. But yeah, you want to talk about fatherhood? Yeah, fatherhood, man. Like uh, he's not the first father figure to women that we, you know, I've been exposed to where I'm like inspired by, but like to see how he at least you know, towards the end of his career, because I don't know his whole life, but how engaged he was in his daughter's lives, how you can tell from other interviews, not just him being at Gianna's uh, basketball games, but you hear other reporters talk about how proudly he, he spoke of not just being a girl dad, but knowing all the details to his other daughters who right. weren't necessarily four girls, uh, super into the same things that he was yeah. like Natalia, his oldest one, like mm-hmm. she's playing volleyball, like maybe she leans closer to her mom, but. He one thing that he never wavered with was just his his pride in his daughters. That's right. And you know, you know, we both been on Let's Talk, bro. Shout out Jeremy. Yeah, shout out. Friend of the show always. I know he's listening in. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It really just kinda makes you like like Sunday didn't make me realize like I wanna be a great father to daughters. Right. But it definitely like cements like a standard mm-hmm. in terms of like where I wanna be. Yeah. You know. And some. So it's just sad that both of them are gone. Yeah. But, yeah, it just really makes you think about mm. about a lot of that. And then you can, even on the flip side, though, it's like you can do everything almost almost right. Like have millions of dollars, have $13 million helicopters and mm-hmm. mansions in the hills mm-hmm. and private <coughs> helicopter pilot. And never do you, know, man. Do you want to go to all. the elephant graveyard? Oh, Elephant Graveyard. The Elephant Graveyard. So, 
of course, as people are celebrating the life of Kobe Bryant, there are some individuals who are uh, recalling certain parts of Kobe's life oh, that yeah. weren't as bright. And, of course, I'm talking about his uh, his rape case. Rape case. Um, and I... I don't even I don't even know what to say. I just feel like it's it's appropriate to bring it up yeah. to let people know, or at least from my perspective, that I do hear you. I do hear the voices of survivors, or therefore, um, whatever the results of the case may be. I know he was found innocent in the case, right? He was no, oh, no, they no, settled. They, they settled they out of court in both the civil and the. I know for sure, uh, settled on on one of them. You know, it's crazy. I'm just he gonna was let never it fly. found guilty, but he settled right. Here's something he said in the L.A. Times, though, that I thought was very interesting. Of course, I don't have the full quote, but I thought it was interesting because people say that it's a, a half-assed apology. But I just thought it was an interesting way that he handled the situation. He said, worded for sure. It right. was. He said after, after 14 months of the case, after all the evidence that was uh, provided, after hearing her talk about it or not talk about it, he could finally understand after those 14, minute, after those 14 months how she came to the conclusion that it wasn't consensual. I thought that was a very, it was a very political statement, but I also thought that was a very brave statement because he could have not said a goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. It's Kobe <clears throat> Bryant. It's Kobe Bryant. This is like before Twitter. Yeah. So, so now that there is Twitter, everything. <laughs> right. Now that there is Twitter, I just, I just find it interesting that even, even this quote unquote dark spot in his, um, Legacy is still outshined by all the light that he brought. I don't see. I don't see too much of that. Um, too much of that conversation overcrowding the rest of the memorial for Kobe Bryant. And I maybe mean, we'll see as as time goes on. I mean, as time goes on, it's always going to be. It's always going to be a bullet point, right? Amongst a list of other bullet points in his life, and right. you know, you think that'll keep him from getting the logo? No, I don't think so. I don't think the NBA is that organization to. Hey, I don't think that NFL would do it. Yeah, yeah. Yo, the sure. NFL is trash. The NFL is trash. They, <laughs> would, they don't give they don't give niggas no agency. But um, to round out the uh, the the rape case point, I want right. to say like moving forward, it's like it's not like um, I knew Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I can't account for his his day to day. So I will never be that guy to be like, no, he didn't. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. Who, who am I to say that? Right. But you know, you can clearly tell like there are a list of things and takeaways that you can extract from his life mm-hmm. that I think are universally beneficial to anybody. And you can take just like frameworks. And, you know, I'm a very technical nerdy. Person. I know. I know. I you see just people as frameworks. And I use see, your people, as, I see yeah. people as frameworks, you know, list of different rules that they abide by for ultimate cause. And, you know, I don't have to subscribe to one framework or one framework in full, but I can, you know, pick and choose from what. I see that I like and that works for me and I right. see the moral value in it and, the, and you know other values too finance ego so yeah I mean it's different though like uh, than what I perceive for like a R. Kelly person I don't want to go down this, this rabbit hole but I feel like we podding so fuck it like yeah but you know it's also like just to be honest like I never really super fucked with R. Kelly's music so my, I didn't have an <laughs> affinity I didn't grow up with an affinity to this figure so once the fall from grace or the the you know the accusations came out you know i didn't have a problem with mm. discarding but i don't know something about kobe and some of the things that i saw him growing up growing up when i was like 11 and 12 and 13 and i couldn't really understand everything that was going on yeah. with the case at the time 
But I do know that that was the period right after Shaq had left. Right. I think Miami had won the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, Kobe, it's- tell me how my ass tastes. Like, all that shit came out. Remember that? Hey, I know Kobe. Shaq wished that he could Nick, take that shit back. Tell me how my ass tastes. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he could take that shit back, man. Right. But, hey, so before then, like, when Shaq and Kobe was playing together, I was not a Lakers fan. I hated the Lakers. I was like, really? I just, I don't know. I just... Didn't hmm. didn't rock with them, but once it was something about once Shaq left, and everybody was kind of like saying Kobe wasn't going to do much of anything else, mm. and he went through he went through some rough patch years after that. So I became a fan of of the Lakers through Kobe Bryant during the period of like post Shaq the Swish yeah. Parker days because I saw that nigga come back from the bottom, bro. Wow. True. Came back True. The, it's a different story. Bottom. It's a different story. It's a then. different. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what people want from Kyrie Irving. To be honest right. with you, I think they wanted him to step the fuck up. Hmm. How so? Like leadership wise? Leadership wise, I would. I think. I think he didn't have LeBron. Then he had LeBron. They were great. I think they wanted him to be great like Kobe without Shaq. Mm. When mm. LeBron left, I think he wanted. I think. Yeah. Exactly. And I think he came. Up I short. think everybody else was like, oh. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think you need somebody to post. Good job. <laughs> somebody on the way. You're too little, boy. Yeah. You're too little, son. Hey, man. I mean, it's temperament, too, man. You got to be a. I don't know Kyrie's temperament all the way, but you know Kobe's. You know people yeah, like. Assassin. Jordan's, LeBron's, super technical, you know, um, students of the mm-hmm. game. I know, I know Kyrie is, too, but, you know, it's also another piece of it is how you corral a group of individuals. That's true. Teamwork is. Uh, chemistry and all of that shit, yeah. like the stuff that you don't see on the stat sheet. Yeah, I don't think Kyrie's a better player. That boy just looked like he was born to play basketball. Oh yeah, he just looked basketball bred. You seen them videos of him like doing like the smooth criminal lean and shit with the ankles, bro? That no, balance is crazy. Like, what? Yeah, I got to start working. You on saying my ankles, Kyrie Irving could do the smooth criminal? That go check that shit. Wait, out, that's bro. actually possible. Yo, that nigga Alexia, can you do the smooth criminal? For his warm up. <laughs> I seen Alexia in the booth doing the smooth criminal just a second <laughs> just ago. Just looking I over the boards real quick. Like, oh, everything looks good. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he's he's doing it. You see it right now? Yeah. It's crazy. He's like warming up and it's like He looks so peaceful too. Right? Yeah. Wow. It's like it's like niggas be stretching, like pulling back the That's crazy. back the ankle to stretch out the the quads. That's crazy. Like that nigga's just leaning like smooth criminal, just like Walking on the court like that's, that's kind of wild. Do set the basketball down and just smooth criminals, just like seventy degrees, sixty degrees. Okay, to the side. I'm like, yo, what the? So oh, one of the yeah. things that I saw that was uh, that was actually really, um, oh, one of the things I saw that actually was really cool is somebody started the thread of like all the funny things or some of the promotions that Kobe Bryant had been in. And I I watched all of them. Yeah. I watched like 70 videos on that thing and I watched every video and I realized this nigga Kobe. And then I watched, uh, he had a short film that won the Oscar last year, the yep. uh, Deer Basketball. Yep. This man, this man was about to do some things, man. This right. man was a creative creator. He was creative. He was a creative creative. And then I listened to the adversity he had on the, was that the, uh, was it the Brandy song? Yeah, yeah. He had bars too, yeah. bro. The satin in the bush, huh? <laughs> Kobe, no, oh man. But yeah, I think that's all I got on Kobe. You got but, any last words, man? I mean, like, uh, who was it? I forget. It was Steve Stout. You see the yeah, Steve Stout? I saw Steve Club? Stout. I watched that before I came in. So, um, Kobe, even in trying to rap or, mm-hmm. or rapping, you know, 
you took carried over that that work ethic and, and carried over, man. Frameworks, bro. It yeah. applies to so many other facets of life outside yeah. of basketball. Steve Stout said Kobe just wanted to be in the room with other rappers, right? Just to absorb that environment to figure out how they did their thing, so he could approach in the same way. Right. What a- you know, you know what made him a cold, cold dude too is What's like that? he he asked he took advice and studied. The youngins underneath him. I saw that. Like KD uh-huh. was saying, like how after a game or like you know he came up to him and asked him how he did like a, a certain move. Yeah. On the wing, like like he it wasn't just pride and ego nope. blinding him from progression nope. and, and un- understanding that you know it's a moving average of not just looking at the people before you, but you gotta look at the people coming up behind you too. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. I heard the I heard the I heard the story with him and D Wade similar thing. Um, I mm-hmm. guess it was the 2010 finals, and Kobe was trying to figure out how to come off the, the screens from um, from Detroit. Right. And he called a nigga D Wade, and he was like, "Hey, you 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 cooking them niggas with that shit? Yeah. How you do that? How you let me get that off you, bro? Let me, let me go ahead. And, let me go ahead and hold that. You, you know what I'm saying? That? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you said that through, yeah. and I'm an OG. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah, ain't, gonna, ain't gonna be no thing. You but know, uh, in case you ever want, in case you haven't figured it out, you are listening to the Over the Shoulder podcast. <laughs> Would <laughs> thank y'all for uh, checking in. Uh, our two hosts for the day, of course, is me, your boy, your main man, twenty grand, Bimo Brown. What's happening to my right, my lovely co-host? Hey man, it's it's Mr. Backpack, aka Mr. SBO, the silent partner. It's not the much else to talk about beside partner. that. As always, we're coming to you live from the lobby of the Line Hotel, right here in Chocolate City on mm, Full Service Radio. Where's it at? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> That's all she Switched got. it up on us. Get the horns. Amen. Uh, special shout out to our uh, producer, wonder extraordinaire, Miss Alexia. Hey, girl. Hey. Oh, hi. How you doing? You. Y'all are the best. I'm pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Just everything. Good? Yeah. I echo everything you all shared in the f- first half of this show. <laughs> Retweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I told Matt outside, you know, we just, uh, you know, it's two black boys in here. This, this is very much like our Superman. This is very much our. A Michael Jordan that we got to see from start to start finish. Start to finish, yeah. From start to finish. And not a dude that we saw. By the time I was conscious, Michael Jordan was already a guy. It was yeah, Space Jam yeah, time. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. He was already building a legacy yeah, upon a legacy. Utah a couple right. times. Right, a couple like, times. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I seen Kobe dunk on a few of the stars that I like. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. including Shaq. So, right. yeah, of course, we just had to let that out. Uh, but, yeah, welcome to the show, man. So, there were yeah. a couple of things around... Was that was Sunday, right? So the Grammys were Sunday, and Alexia told us before the show that the Grammys experienced the lowest viewership in Grammy history. Yeah, I well, know. I, I think like uh, relative to the times and who has TVs in their home, but yeah. Oh, they got the lowest like per capita. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah per capita. So ain't no way around it. So just based off the stats, it's not even just they did track. Uh, yeah, yeah, you got two million views, but like. There are three billion people with TVs now. So, so I'm so I wasn't even checking for the Grammys, but from my point of view, Facts. I'm prone to say the coverage of Kobe is what overshadowed that. But before we got on the mic, we said that I that's, don't think that's so. Player, I think I think this is going to sound very dark, but I think the Grammys are fortunate that they can lean on that excuse because without that excuse, I think they maybe ten more people would have been watching TV. And I mean that literally. That's not a hyperbole. Maybe 10 more people. Because, like, when tragedy strikes, we look for entertainment to help fulfill us. And we didn't 
look at the Grammys. Nah, we weren't looking for the Grammys. I wasn't checking for the Grammys, bro. No. That's not even, that's not, I don't even have anything to report from the Grammys. If the BT Awards was happening that night. That'd have been a different. Oh, the B, B, the viewership would have went up tenfold. What? Kobe did. We watching the BT Awards tonight because uh, somebody nah, going to sing about it. We're not watching it tonight because, you know, it takes niggas a little time to get this shit together. But we watch it next Monday, though. We give them time. <laughs> get that tribute together, bro. Stop playing around with me, BT. Yeah, that shit was crazy. And uh, Kobe's death did not affect the Royal Rumble, though. Yeah, I, I came over to grieve. And you sure did. Was was, your boy was watching the <laughs> Royal Southeast Rumble. Breakfast in the Royal Rumble. That's so, right. Uh, Several Southeast breakfasts. Yes, and so only one thing to report from the Royal Rumble. So to all my wrestling fans, a guy named Edge, his real name is Adam Copeland, he returned back from seven years of retirement. Check this shit out. I remember Edge. He retired, no, he retired nine years ago. Excuse me, he retired in 2011. This nigga had broke his neck. His neck, yes, the thing that holds your shoulder to your head. His neck mm. in three different places and was forced to retire. On Sunday, he came back. He unretired. And so when they asked him, how did this happen? He simply said, science, bitch. Science, <laughs> That's just crazy. <laughs> One, I hope he's safe because on Monday, he also did get hit in the head with a chair. Ooh. Wrestlers are kind of crazy. So wait, first fight he comes back. In what seven years? First year, like no yeah. nine, and he jumps in a room. It jumps yeah, in a ring with twenty nine other niggas. niggas. Wow. wow! How could you not love wrestling, man? Oh my Science, god! Science, bitch! And yes, and yes, your boy was jumping up and down in my living room yeah, in my short bites, shorts, man. crying like a motherfucker, <laughs> man. Tears shed. It was Gosh. a mix of Kobe and a mix of Edge, Edge coming back. It was just, it was just such a beautiful. Edge a kind of like sad white moment. Jesus too, so he didn't like white Jesus. Looks like a lot like white Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Another news story I thought was interesting uh, this week. Did you see on the Joe Rogan podcast that um, Robert Downey Jr. Jr. actually doubled down? Oh yeah, excuse me, on his stance on using black first blackface in Tropic Thunder. Have you seen Tropic Thunder? Yeah, I have. Did you ever have any like? <laughs> did you ever have any hangups about him? Doing the whole blackface situation once again, not at the time because I was we were younger in our teens, bro. So that's true. like, yeah, I wasn't as pissed off about certain things as much as, <laughs> as, as I was. As I, and now I'm kind of back in that zone, like I wasn't. I'm, I'm like, yeah, this nigga's stupid, bro. <laughs> but um, I didn't really uh, nah, I didn't take offense to it. You didn't? I, I never still, took offense I to it either. Take offense to it. And also, I thought it was kind of cool that. While on his press tour for now, what a do you current mean, movie. you people? Right, I <laughs> thought that shit was dying. hilarious, actually. But the press run, um, he was on the press run. I thought it was just kind of brave and kind of cool that he was like, "Yeah, fuck it, I did the shit." Yeah, and I told my black friends about it, and ninety percent of my black friends were like, "Oh, that's hilarious," yeah. and ten percent of my black friends were like, "Fuck off." Yeah, and I had to accept that. If you do that shit in a classic film, that's like, in a, and you cool dude, okay, yeah, yeah, that, uh, yeah, that weighs a lot more than like. Mm-hmm. Justin Trudeau. Yeah, it does. And I mean, even Justin Trudeau weighs a lot more than I just believe a lot that of you white folks who it does. pull up with black. And it's Iron Man. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah, I I believe for some reason, maybe call it the Disney effect. I believe that him wearing blackface was for good intentions. I don't. I don't believe in Drake using blackface. They though. weren't Fuck bad intentions. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> them. We, but Robert Downey Jr. is a good white man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, man. 
Shout out to Drake. I don't want to sound shout out to Drake, man. On this. Yo, oh no, <laughs> they coming to get so us. Now bro. I'm a Drake fan, so uh, we're always gonna have that. True. That war, but yeah, that, the blackface. I can't excuse that one. That shit is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dog, I don't know. Is, uh, I don't know. I listened to. Of course, bro. I listened to. Did you listen to the the uh, was it the rap the radar? rap radar podcast? The rap radar yeah. podcast with, uh, with the interview Drake. Yeah. What'd you think? No, I thought it was a it was a great interview. You don't really get those uh, in depth Drake interviews. From the people that you really want to be interviewing him. That's facts, man. Like, I don't want to hear Zane Lowe interview Drake because I don't want to hear Zane Lowe when he's interviewing anybody else. You don't like Zane? Nah, I mean, like, after the first couple Apple uh, Music videos, exclusive interviews they put out, like, I feel like from my experience and how I communicate and experience hip-hop and R&B and all the music that we make, I just like it when... Somebody like who's more us. of our ilk, yeah, because they can get into the subtle, the more subtle nuances and stuff, and ask questions oh. in a certain way. You know what I mean? Yo, yeah, I get you. Because yeah, it's a different, it's a different podcast because to to a very large extent, Elliot and B dot are Drake's OGs. Yeah, oh, yeah. Drake's journalists, right? And, and diehard journalists, from right? Me. So they know more, yeah. have experienced more, have seen more in the game, and are able to relate to that. And pull that out of Drake in a different context, way. Bro. It is. Context. You're right, though. I can get that. I can a get lot that. more context. And, you know, I can get sub, that. Who are, who's really killing it in the journalism game? Not the opinionated game. Who's really killing it in the journalism game right now? Because um, you're right. That interview was a great example of some good hip-hop journalism. Charlamagne said that. Yeah. I retweet that. Yeah, yeah. I would say uh, in terms of written journalism, obviously DJ Booth. Right. Dot net. Right, I mean, right, They right. just... They go into the corners of the music and entertainment industry. Like, I saw an article headline they put out. I didn't read the article yet, but just, like, why uh, people who are potentially interested in in being music writers Mm -hmm. should really be cautious about jumping into that game. Interesting. So, not only are they talking about uh, uh, a role in this game that's not really, you know, uh, given any spotlight. That's true. But then they show you, like... They're, they're writing out That's and extensively real. giving you the details of what's good and what's bad about it. That's real. And you respect them because, you know, the context and, once again, just consistency and, and yeah. being able to do that. Yeah. Reaching out. You know, that's what Over Shoulder is all about. We, we always are about, you know, praising the people behind the scenes, the, the magic behind the movie. You know what I'm saying? The so, magic. The magic. <laughs> the yeah, magic. that was a great. Um, how do we get to that? What are we talking about? Kobe. No, I, yes, of course. Of course. Oh, yeah. The Grammys. Yeah, fuck the Grammys. Fuck the so, Grammys, um, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. That's Edge return, Robbie Downer Jr. You see, Monique got her special though. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, she got the bag. Showtime or Showtime? Nice. Showtime. She started a movement. Nobody will know it in like like thirty years from now when they look back and be like, "Oh yeah, Monique did play an integral part. She was our Fannie Lou Hamer." But you know, I'll leave the video up on my YouTube to make sure I get my credit. I mean, um, I feel like I feel like millennials appreciate. Monique, to a decent degree, I think. Hopefully, you know they keep. She keeps putting out content. She yeah. has Oscar-winning performances. Yeah, um, I heard a rumor she was going to be the new uh, old person on Boondocks instead of Granddad. Oh, that's that would be hilarious, bro. That's perfect. <clears throat> that would be perfect. And then you just put like the the Parkers on Nick at Night. I'm sure they already on that shit. Yeah, or something like that. And the Parkers and are like, funny. It's yeah, a exactly. funny show. Just keep syndicating that shit, bro. That's how Martin and yeah. And Will, speaking of which, keep their lifelines going. Did you see it? I peeped it. Yeah, I watched. Did you see Bad Boys? You saw saw Bad Bad Boys Boys for Life. What you think, bro? 
you know, I'm a I'm a film snob. You know what I mean? Okay. I'm a film snob. Okay. It was fun. I'll say that. It was that. a fun movie. That's yeah. the way my mom says things about movies that were entertaining but yeah. not necessarily good. Yeah, it you can, was you fun. Can, you can just like brush off a yeah. super trash scene. Yeah, yeah. You really got like a, ah, a fair amount of them in there. It's a fair oh, amount yeah, of, yeah, yeah. There's a fair amount of like. Yeah, yeah. It's a fair. This, you know what's happening, and I hate to say it, but I got to say it because it's the Overshow the Podcast. Yeah. And the only thing BMO does is tell the truth on the Overshow the Podcast. Yep. Will Smith is losing that luster, baby. Uh, he's losing. He's that losing today. that shine. I'm saying that. I would say after After Earth, I kind of. Uh, I didn't even watch After, after Earth. Earth. What's that? Earth. The joint with him and his son. So that got was. Back, so well, that was before like concussion. Oh, that was around the same time. He had I didn't watch hit. either one of those because you know, like sometimes you don't. You don't want to see your heroes fall, man. That's just the lesson of you don't. Like Disney threw him a bone with Aladdin. That was able to get him some blockbuster, either, some blockbuster numbers. Mm-hmm. Bad Boys Three is the franchise that's going to keep him on the blockbuster list. But I have a for theory. another for one more. Yeah, one more movie. Ever since he started picking up the social media, he had a he had a theory when he first started doing the social media thing, and it was about uh, movie stars back in the day had to be mystical. They had to be like behind beyond the, reach. Yeah, and you couldn't really the know them for real, for right. real, because if you got to know them, uh, that would eliminate this distance that draws people mm-hmm. to movie stars. Right. And so when he started his YouTube, even when he started Instagramming, he said that he wanted to challenge that statement. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to lose. You saw? Did you watch the Breakfast Club interview? I did. So he kind of echoes or expands on that, and saying yeah. like the death of his ego and. Um, I think you can do that. So a homegirl, this is going to be a little, a little crass. A homegirl texted me the other day and she asked me, when does self-care become narcissism? And because I'm a very explicit person, the only explanation I could come up with is masturbating in the mirror. Yeah, that's the thing that checks all the boxes. That, pretty, that crosses the line. You do self-care for self. The moment you try to expose self-care even for the self-interest of you or even try to promote it, market it, package it any way that, you know, it's exposing to the public, it's too far. Yeah, that's in the Bible, too. I forget the verse, but. I feel like that's I feel like that's That's, where the Bible. law in a lot of places. Don't let the Lord quote me. But I think that's what you can. The Lord says that you can beat it off. But when you're distracted from life and beating it off. Then you got a problem. Yeah, essentially. Then I'm upset. That's what the Lord said. That wasn't me. That's what the Lord said. <laughs> I think. <laughs> what, what would your version of the uh, the Bible be called? What would my version of the Bible be called? Um, so you got the King James version. You got the New International version. All of that. It just be. You know what? I, it'd be like the outline. <laughs> <laughs> the outline, like ah. The outline. I the outline. Know. Volume one and volume two. Okay. That's what it would be like. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So yeah, I was like young when I wrote it. Just think about it. If God's been around for a long time, does that? I know he got no, some. I'm not going to go there. Yeah, we that, go we there. had too many Southeast breakfasts. But I would say if he wanted to write any other books. Son. God's books. Volume three. But wait, hold on. Now, you're a whole fan. Was there a volume three? Yeah. Is it good? Yeah, it got joints. Yeah. What's the worst value? Hmm. Okay, uh, so if you're talking about, I say volume two is my favorite. Yeah. So I guess volume three, life, life and times. Yeah, I guess I guess volume three for me is the uh, worst. 
It would be, yeah. Right now, yeah. I got to yeah, look at the track list again. That's exactly what happened. Between if, volume one and volume two. If God three. came out with a newer testament right now. And who? And think about it. Would like, it be like Godfather nah, 3? Yeah. Oh, oh God. You know I've never seen it. Be, yeah. <laughs> I've watched the first 20 minutes of the Godfather 3 and stopped watching it. I forgot all about it. I had the whole Yeah, she was trash. Set. That shit was trash. Um, what were we just talking about, man? We've been talking about everything. Um, oh, man. Oh, man. We got five minutes less than the show. Let's get hey, to- shout out to uh, Biggie Smalls inducted to the uh, 2020 class of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah? Yeah, which leads me to the question of... Do niggas still give a fuck about the rock and roll? Did you ever give a fuck about the rock and yeah. roll? I mean, hall I'm, of fame? I'm I'm low key a rockhead. Okay, low key. But you care about the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I think okay. it's pretty cool. I'm not one of these. I care about the Grammys. If, I, if I'm being completely honest with you, and I was having this thought in the shower, I care about the Oscars. I think it's fucked up how they uh, adjudicate and how uh, the black gays and minority gays is not necessarily taken into account. But it's very hard. And this might tie back into something I said before on the show before. It's very hard for me to separate um, kind of like the glitz, glamour, and the prestige that goes along with these institutions away from how you get to that prestige. I'm, Tyler, Tyler, the creator, is a very good example of, of that mix. Yeah. I'm proud to get a Grammy, but I also feel like it's a backhanded compliment. Right. Like... Using it, using that platform to, yeah. you know, and sometimes I think that's a little overrated. But uh, coming from him as well put as he as he said it, yeah, I was cool with that. I like because you could tell he'd been thinking about it. Yeah, like this wasn't Igor wasn't a rap album, right? But you giving me this rap, but you conveniently box me in with this, yeah, with people who look like me. Not I mean, I appreciate like you me. exactly. Yeah, I appreciate you recognizing that it was good, but. Right. Mm. That's that's how I feel about the Hall of Fame too. It's kind of like, it's about any institution. Like the Whammies are coming up, the mm-hmm. Funk Foray's coming up, Rolling Loud's coming up, yeah. Broccoli City's coming Broccoli up. All these festivals up. are coming up. They these things are curated by people, right? And people have opinions, right? So, but my my only pushback is the same issue with the Grammys and, and the scandal that they're going through right now, which oh, is yeah. pretty much just revealing shit that we all was already we in already the light. Knew. You know, we already I mean? knew, and now we know. But you know, it's tired of these bureaucracies of people who are not only out of touch but have no vested interest in being fair. Uh, hold positions of power for these kind of uh, milestone kind of uh, uh, I don't know what you call them like. Uh, like like the Grammys, the Oscars, I got like, you. you know, the award shows, yeah, the yeah. acknowledgments. The only benefit I see for these things is, you know, especially with black artists, is leveraging your money. Okay, now I'm Grammy nominated. I, I require a bigger bag. Oh, I, I won a Grammy. I require a bigger bag. But I'm more interested in stuff like the Spotify Awards that we talked about a few weeks ago. That's more data, right? It's base. It's database. You know, of course. Of yeah. course, I'm gonna be for that because it's being generated. Hopefully, if they do it the right way, by users and by consumers. Mm. A more democratic way of going about some of these things, hmm. um, since numbers are really the main thing that are driving people to get these bags and these contracts anyway. Hmm. So it, to we go got, back to the Rock yeah. and Roll Hall of Fame piece, because yeah. I know we got a few minutes left. It's like it's not necessarily about Biggie being into Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's like these concepts of Hall of Fames, Grammys, these like old are they old era shit? Is this old era shit? Do Generation Z kids <clears throat> give a fuck about the Grammys? No. We don't. Damn. Do you care about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? 
Absolutely exactly. the fuck not. So, like what? It's over. It's yeah. over. Damn. And it's and, 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 and no. you know those organizations yeah. are to blame because you know I feel like yeah. Generation Z especially is in a position where they see they really can tell what's what's bullshit and what's not. Damn. Yeah. I got nothing to say to that. I mean, you know, those out. Damn. It's time for a new guard. It's time damn. for a new era. Hey, you know, and with Kobe's passing, let this be a, a lesson for all of us. You know, time is, I mean, it's a reoccurring lesson, but time is never promised. Tomorrow's never promised. Yeah. Um, but there's a whole lot of opportunity for you to make a change today while you're here. Mm, come on, man. So. I think you know what? What's up? That's how we're going to end the show we right there. we roll baby. out like that? That's how we're going to go. That's my cool. tool of the trade. Hey, that's my tool of the trade, too. <laughs> All right. And hey. so until next time, y'all, keep picking up these gems and be dropping. Follow us on all social media platforms at OTS.pod. We'll see you next week. Peace. Kobe. <laughs>